This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach, and I'm here at Re-Ale Revival Brewing in Cambridge, Maryland. That's right, here on the eastern shore where I live, right down the road. I'm sitting in the tap room, the bar, with one of the founders here, Chris Brohan, and we're going to find out all about Re-Ale Revival Brewing, or RAR, as I hear they call it. That's easier to say when you're drinking. Chris is going to fill us in on how they got started, and we're going to taste some of their brews perfect for fall. So Chris, welcome to the show, and maybe you can give us a little background um, while we are here hearing all the lovely noises of the brewery on how you guys even came up with this concept. You're a year in. How did this all come together? I'm assuming there was a lot of drinking involved. I want to say every decision we made was a drunken one. <laughs> I think we, we were drinking when we wrote the business plan. We were drinking when we created the logo, the name, all that fun stuff. So, yes, very much so. Um, we actually, I think we first started talking about this. is was very random. So, we, um, we bought a Mr. Beer Kit on a whim, me and a high school buddy of mine, JT. Brewed it one night, um, had a blast doing it. Um, ended up drinking it on my, I guess, my 30th birthday. Well, we rented a limo and uh, went up to the city. And so ever since that first one, we were just diehard. So uh, we did that. We did the Mr. Beer Kit. We then went on to build a pretty advanced micro brew setup. We could brew 10 to 15 gallons at a time. We actually still use it for test batches here. And um, we just we just started brewing like two to three times a week, just obs- completely obsessing over it. And I'd, I'd, I'd venture to say that first time we brewed, we, we knew we wanted to open a brewery. We didn't know how we were going to do it, but wow. the wheels started turning. Wow. And um, here we are now. <laughs> well, I love that because you took your passion for beer. And, you know, in the wine industry, we, we get fancy. We call it tasting. Just makes it sound better than drinking. But I love how you're real about it. You know, let's face it. <laughs> If you're in the wine business, you probably like to drink wine. If you're in the beer business, you probably like to drink beer. Um, Although once you're in the business, I bet there are times you're saying (laughs) where you get sick of drinking beer. But um, so you're a year in. um, You're right here in downtown Cambridge. Kind of let folks know a little bit about if they come to visit you, where you are, what they can expect at RAR Brewing. Yep. Um, Like she said, downtown Cambridge. Um, Right when you get into town you can't miss us so you pull up to the first stoplight and we're straight ahead um this building's got a lot of history especially for us um we grew up in here it used to be the pool hall so if you anybody from dorchester or talbot county if you tell them the pool hall they know exactly what you're talking about so we took over the old pool hall right downtown we um we kind of focus the business on the tap room to start so we have a a lot bigger tap room than most breweries 10 times their size i think we've got like 1600 square foot devoted to the tap room uh we do food as well here we have a, we've got a full menu um obviously have a ton of beer and the cool thing about us is when you walk in here you know where you're at there's no mistake in where the brewing equipment is or anything because it's right in your face mm-hmm. oh yeah if you haven't uh, if you haven't come through please do all right, so uh, let's get down to the brass tacks. <laughs> Obviously, folks can get right here in your tap room, tastings, glasses, growlers, all the stuff you'd expect at a brewery. We've got three glasses in front of us. Yep. Let's uh, dig in before the break into the first brew. What what are we going to taste? First brew is our take on a pumpkin ale. So uh, traditional American style. We actually teamed up with Emily's Produce. So we went down there and harvested butternut squash right off their farm. Um, 100 pounds of it in each batch that we did. 
Um, we took the butternut squash, we cooked it up at um, Bistro Poplar, which is a neighboring restaurant of ours, and uh, threw it in the mash. So you've got the sweetness from the butternut squash. Um, we also brewed it with nutmeg, cinnamon, and ground cloves. So you get a lot of spice on the nose, and it uh, comes in at 6.8% ABV. Nice. I like it, too, because it's it's very smooth. I mean, you've got that pumpkin taste, but you aren't trying to make this hoppy or anything right. else. It's Not just focused on real easy drinking. Yep. I mean, we've got enough hops in there just to add a little bit of bitterness on the back end, but you, you really have to dig in and look for it to actually taste that. So, yeah, more spice-driven, like she said, very, very easy drinking. Um, we didn't want to go over like overwhelming spice with it like an imperial might be don't get me wrong i love those styles but we wanted to stay more along the lines of something you could drink two or three of and uh be all right over the weekend i think i missed punktoberfest uh i saw i saw a lot of information about that um was not able to get here but that's the other thing that you are committed to here are great events so we got halloween coming up and i hear you're doing something so good it's scary so what what are you doing here for halloween um we've got a couple things uh the big thing we were talking about a little while ago was the uh big liz tour which actually i think it sold out in like two days so we we offered the first tour that sold out in a day we added a second date basically big liz is the number one ghost tale dorchester county so as the story goes um the greenbrier swamp which is deep out in dorchester county out in the sticks as they say um, back in Civil War times, a slave owner took his slave, Liz, out to the marsh to hide his treasure. So he had Liz dig a hole, bury the treasure, and once she got done filling the hole in, he chopped her head off, left her body and head out there to, uh, since she was the only one that knew where the treasure was buried. So as the story goes, she haunts this swamp. So what we're doing is we're going to bring people in here on a tasting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I'd have to yeah. taste a lot of beer to, to really agree to this. Yeah. So 6 o'clock, we're going to meet. Um, we're going to take tours of 40 the next couple Sundays. Uh, we're going to do a tasting. Once it gets dark out, we're boarding all the passengers on blackout buses and taking them to an undisclosed location. It's about a about a 20-minute kayak paddle from the Big List spot. So we're going to put them in the water in pitch black, and we're going to paddle to the Big List spot. So it should be pretty freaky. I hope I don't hear anything about this on the news. That's all I have to say. Um, but before we go to break, we're going to take a quick break and come back with Chris Brohan from uh, Reale Revival Brewing is the full name. Give folks your website if they want to check out your brewery. Yep, it's uh, uh, com. And the best way to keep up with us, though, is Facebook. So social media is what we constantly update daily. Nice. And that's... Uh, backslash raw brewing on facebook this is Lori forrester we're going to take a quick break on the sipping boy and we're going to be back with chris brohan at rnr brewery we'll be right back this is Lori forrester the wine coach with the sipping point and we're back with chris brohan at re ale revival brewing in downtown cambridge maryland dorchester county it is really kind of a centerpiece of downtown now but what's exciting i live in easton but i think what's exciting about cambridge is there is so much going on in the restaurant scene as well so you're kind of here in that whole i would say strip where there's so many great places to eat now and um just like easton has so many choices you do here too uh but if you want beer this is the choice (laughs) chris wouldn't you say i like to think so (laughs) 
Well, Halloween is almost upon us, and you told me at the break that you have something really fun going on the evening of Halloween that folks in this area, or even from across the bridge, the uh, Western Shore folks, as we call them, could come over and enjoy the chicken neckers, right? I guess I'm one of those. All right, so tell us what you're doing on Halloween. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but if anybody came to the party last year, they kind of have a feel for what we're going to do. So basically we shut down that all that day. So we won't open up until nighttime on uh, Halloween and uh, we black out the windows and just kind of turn this place into something stupid. So yeah, I don't, like I said, I won't give too many details, but it's going to be a little bit crazy. Stupid, scary or stupid fun? Both, both. (laughs) So costume contests, all that fun stuff. And but yeah, just if you don't have plans yet, be here. Yep. Yes. Come dressed. All right. Yep. Well, wonderful. Well, it, we are moving on to our second beer here. And wow, this thing is packed with flavor. I just took a sip of this. This is your IPA. You call it Nanocoke Nectar. You got it. Uh, am I pronouncing that like a local? <laughs> so tell me a little bit about what you have in this glass. Uh, that's our that's our flagship beer, really. Uh, that's our IPA. It's a West Coast style IPA, so you get more flavor and aroma than you do bitterness. Um, 7.4% ABV. IBUs are sky high. I couldn't, we have actually never had that beer tested on IBUs, but we use so many hops in it. Um, all citrus hops, so you get some mango notes, some orange notes, all that good stuff. And that's been doing really well for us. It's our favorite beer here. Yeah. Yep. You really, you really get that. If you ever had a chance to taste hops before the actual hop flowers, it feels like you're tasting that. It's kind of what we were going for. I mean, um, I was never big on the bitter pale ales, just more on the flavor. And um, a lot of brewers are doing them now. We're fortunate enough that our brewmaster, you know, is extremely knowledgeable, so he had no problem creating that style. And uh, God, it's honestly one of the harder styles that we nailed down, just because the water has to be on point and. You know, city water's tough to brew with, so we had to get our filtration in check and our mineral game right and just all that fun stuff. Because with, with a pale ale, you can't hide behind all flavors and yeast and all that fun stuff. So it's, it's a tougher style to brew. So you guys started out with your Mr. Beer kit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen those before. But now you have actually a brew master. You guys are not doing that. You have someone here. So what, tell me a little bit about your brew master and where... Um, he or she, I'm assuming. Yeah. Is it a he? Yeah, he's in the back. All right. Where does he hail from? I don't think he just came out of a cave one day. I don't even know <laughs> if he has a past. No, What's his name? His name's Randy Mills. Uh, he lives outside of Salisbury. Um, he actually worked with Evolution Craft Brewing out of Salisbury for their first five years. And uh, so very knowledgeable. Um, we, I knew how to brew small scale, but I knew nothing in regards to you know the industrial level of brewing and the cleaning all that good stuff brewing you know 330 gallons at a time is what we do and uh this guy's a genius i mean we, we were fortunate enough to come across him at the right time right before we open and uh, he's been killing it so i'm kind of his his little uh slave back there in the brewery i do all the easy stuff and he he handles all the beer <laughs> uh, that's my boss so i don't know how that works. i love it have you had a chance to visit trogues i've been to trogues um i haven't been since they did the new facility i think they have they call it the snack bar or something yes but yeah it's cool man they're doing some awesome yeah. stuff up there all right well um the ipa is delicious but i see something dark and brown in glass three yeah. so <laughs> what do we have in glass three that's our brown ale that's actually the first i guess the first small batch we ever did when we built that um that kind of advanced system i talked about earlier so that actually started out as an imperial stout 
it was like nine and a half percent just this huge bomb and um we just kept scaling it back scaling it back scaling it back until finally we ended up with a brown ale which is i mean a lot of people do brown ales but it's not it's not normally a flagship for a brewery so we wanted to we wanted to do something dark and kind of put it out there and people have this 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 thing that they're scared of dark beers they think it's a guinness or they think it's filling and this and that we kind of just wanted to prove them prove them wrong and uh it's really just the color i mean the the beer's drinkable you get some chocolate and coffee notes um a little bit of citrus notes from the hops and we just really want to do an easy drinking dark beer that's how bucktown came about yeah i really like that and it isn't it true that the calories are very comparable for this for these brown i mean are there a lot more calories tell me a lot of people think that but honestly the the first two beers we had have more calories than bucktown so yep it's more it's just it's definitely different than than kind of the thought process so all of these three you're serving them in um what would you call these glasses these are not mugs okay let's say that i'll take a picture of these so everyone can see what we're tasting but we normally think in this country, I guess, for beer mugs as what you would serve it. So tell us what these glasses are officially called and why these are the best for serving beer. Uh, those are snifter glasses. Um, they, some people, I don't know, there's a lot of debate going on about glassware and, you know, everybody has their different opinion. Honestly, we serve all three of these beers in pint glasses. But if I'm doing a tasting, you really want to get the full aroma and talk about it and get all the all the flavor and and just, it's it's nice to sit down in like a, an intimate setting with a snifter and just go through the beer. So that's why I kind of use them for stuff like this. Great. Yeah, but um, some of the, the higher ABV stuff, some of your bigger Belgians, um, we serve the Saison in this. But uh, it really depends on the style. These three styles are probably best in the point. Perfect. And again, it's who, it's, it's who's drinking it. You know, yeah. you get some of those guys like, this is bull, you know, I want 16 ounces of plain glass, blah. what is it i know you're giving us the abv or the alcohol percentage of these different beers and and a lot of times beers that have higher alcohol people will call them high gravity Uh beers what is uh what's the official cutoff between a normal beer or a high alcohol high gravity beer uh it depends i mean some people would say nectar is a high gravity beer because it's 7.4 but it's i don't know high gravity to me is is something over eight and a half nine percent okay um but I mean, you can you can go all the way up. You know, obviously, 120 minute IPA from Dogfish is like 18 percent. Um, Brew Dog did one that was like 40 some percent. I mean, it's you can go all over the map. But your basic beer is anywhere from five to eight percent, and then high gravity, I would say, is above that. Perfect. Well, one more question, and uh, this is hopefully going to be a practical tip for our users, yep. listeners out there. Every you know when when you're in the business wine business beer business and you have to taste a lot <laughs> as I told you um, every now and then you wake up you don't feel so great so what is your surefire hangover helper uh, another beer another beer it's, it's only cure I like that mine is vitamin G stands for grease. Uh, and the McDonald's hash browns, yeah. there's something magical in those. So, What about that thing they inject like the maple syrup into the roll? What's that thing called? The breakfast sandwich at McDonald's. Oh, That's I genius. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. All right, Chris Brohan from Real Revival Brewing. That's a mouthful, or RAR for sure. Short, I think I'm there. Thank you so much for being on the show, and I hope my listeners will come out and join you. This is an amazing backdrop, and it's this is the place to be. It's a fall kind of place. Yes. 
I've noticed that. Like uh, Sundays are kind of slow in the summertime, but once football starts and whatnot, Sundays they're my, probably my favorite day in here. Yeah. And there's a big screen TV so you can watch yeah. the game. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you so much for being on the Sipping Point. Awesome. Thank you. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach, and we're back with the Sipping Point. Chris, it's fun getting yes. to do beer. I like beer. I'm I a big too. beer fan, especially this time of the year with beer. Oktoberfest and Oktoberfest, pumpkin beers. Pumpkin beers. I had a tr- I tried a uh, pumpkin cider, harpoon pumpkin cider the other day that nice. was really good. You need to get out to Rar Brewing in Cambridge. I do. Yeah, after the wedding. Okay. That's your homework. Yes, ma'am. Okay, they're a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, you know we always get questions from listeners. Mm-hmm. You have one. Yes. Who, who is this from? Uh, Jenny Smoker from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. All right. And she asks, how do I transition to drinking red wine? I do not like it. Oh, <laughs> that's not nice. All right. I understand, though. You know, I think with drinking in general, mm-hmm. right, your tastes evolve. Like what I yes. like to drink now. Yeah. And or should I say taste because it sounds fancier. All right. What I like to taste now is totally different than what I like to taste 10 years ago oh, even, or the 20. The stuff I used to drink in college. Ugh. Holy cow. And we thought it was good, right? <laughs> crazy, We were crazy. just poor college kids. So if you are a wine drinker who primarily likes white wine or uh-huh. even sweet wines, then I would say to, to make that transition, you want to start with the lighter bodied reds okay. that are lower in tannin. So okay. uh, in, maybe even with a little bit of sweetness. There are sweet reds on the market. Right. You will see them around at a yeah. lot of the wineries. Um, locally and even from Germany. Okay. But uh, I would say if you're looking for dry wines, Pinot Noir right. is a great grape variety to try. Okay. Um, Gamay, which is the primary grape of Beaujolais, okay. is a good one. Um, also, some Cote d'Iron wines maybe okay. from France, I think, might be a fun way to try. Um, and then, you know, there are some wines made locally here in Maryland that are red and fruity fruity yeah and some of them are fruit wines yeah you know so you gotta make your way there right it, it can't it's you can't go right process. to the tannic Cabernet Sauvignon or right. the Barolos that I love from Italy those are gonna be really structured really tannic and probably gonna scare her away right before she gets a chance the other thing I would say is Fine wines, dry red wines are really made for me, in my mind, to be consumed with food. Right. Okay. Um, and you know what else we had in the um, protein in the fast food edition? Yeah. And um, which people, I got a lot of great feedback on. We had the Beaujolais Village, uh-huh. so I've already mentioned that. But we had a red wine from Italy called Valpolicella. Valpolicella, yeah. That's a great one also for people to start with. I actually, because of that show, I had a housewarming party for a friend and I bought a bottle of Valpolicella. Ah, him. did you? Yeah. I bet it was a hit. It did. It went over very well. Ah, I love that. All right. We also have a question here from Amy Evans. Okay. And she lives in Milton, Pennsylvania. She wants to know what wine pairs with steamed asparagus. Ooh. I love steamed asparagus. I like any, steamed. I prefer grilled. Asparagus. Oh, ooh, that adds another element to the pairing. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Asparagus has a compound that can ruin the taste of wine. Really? Yeah. Think of it as kryptonite for wine. That's crazy. I had no idea. It's not good. It can really just make the uh, wine taste vegetal or even rotten or off. Hmm. 
So you want to look for wines that can handle that grassy kind of herbaceous nature of asparagus. Ones that I think that pair really well are, you know, I love uh, Gruner Veltliner from Australia. White, crisp, lots of savory, like white pepper notes. Okay. One of my favorites. Um, Pinot Gris or Pinot Grigio, believe it or not. With with a steamed asparagus. With a steamed asparagus. Or even Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. Yeah. Does right. really, really well. Um, if you're going to go grilled, mm-hmm. you can do maybe a barrel-aged Sauvignon Blanc, like a Fumé Blanc, as okay. we call it. Fumé means smoke. Okay. Uh, Blanc, of course, white. So Fumé Blanc can be a barrel-aged Sauvignon Blanc. That could be a nice way to go if you okay. want to grill it. A little oaky? Yeah, a little bit of, little touch of oak on that. Okay. But you could also pair with some of the other ones that are already mentioned, I believe. Okay. So asparagus, it's a tricky pairing, but it can be done. Uh, yeah, I never put the two together, so I, I had never yeah. had a problem with it yet, but now I know the yeah. solving of the problem before <laughs> it happens. <laughs> no wine problems on the Sipping Point. You know what? We're going to be right back. Uh, this is Lori Forrester, the wine coach on the Sipping Point. This is Lori Forster, the wine coach with The Sipping Point. We had a great day. Yeah, a lot of fun. Out at Cambridge, RAR Brewing, or Real Revival Brewing is the long name. Easier to say RAR. <laughs> it is RAR. Uh, they're in Cambridge, Maryland. Go out and visit them. We're going to put the link at thewinecoach.com. You can also download my mobile app at uh, thewinecoach.com slash app so you can keep up with the show Absolutely. even when you can't tune in live. I like to go back and listen to us because we're hilarious. <laughs> if you didn't catch that fast food one, you got to catch it. You can go to the app and <laughs> and get it. But... I know what I'm doing later. You're watching some baseball? I'm watching some baseball. Yeah, I've been yeah, watching yeah. all the games. I'm totally oh, into it. I, totally. I get way too into it. My heart rate goes through the roof. I know. And it's so exciting. So 4 p.m., we're playing the Kansas City Royals. It's the ALCS, baby. What is your prediction? My prediction, uh, I'm going to say Orioles come out strong, win 4-2. to two. Oh, very nice. Yes. All right. What about you? Six to two. Six, oh, Even stronger. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, I'd love for that But to make happen. sure you line up your wine. It starts at 4 p.m. I'm sure we have it live right here on WBAL Correct. as always. <laughs> but if you want to come out live with me, I hope you'll join me at the Oregon Grill Women's Wine Dinner. It's on November 6th. We had to move it because of the Oriole playoffs. Oh, yeah. And now we have time for you to join us. You can go to thewinecoach.com slash women. We're going to have four different courses of great tastings of food and wines sipping down under. Down under, mate. I love Australian wines and and that's what all the ladies requested, Australian. Will they have shrimps from the Barbie? Possibly. Okay, all right. Possibly shrimps on the barbie. You never know. Um, but they always have great stuff at the Oregon Grill. They do have the fresh seafood, like you said. They mm-hmm. prime age their own beef. It's amazing. Right there so on good. property. And the, the impeccable service is what I love. When yeah. you go in there and you feel special. Yeah. And before yeah. you even walk in the parking, it's so easy. I know. You don't have to worry about the parallel parking, the yeah. meter, your car getting towed, none of that. <laughs> um, they take great care of you. You can call them at 410-771-0505, and they will hook you right up. Um, you can eat in the dining room. Very classy. Yeah. Very wonderful. Specials. Yeah. During the week. Always during the week. And then in the bar, it's a little bit more casual. Mm -hmm. And you can sit right at the bar, order a bottle of wine, have everything that they have on the dining room menu. Absolutely. And then they have bar menu as well. And they also have Sunday brunch. You love the bacon. I I can't get enough bacon. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's impossible to have too much bacon. Oh, I just did a TV thing and I made candied bacon. (sighs) 
and actually, you can go to thewinecoach.com and see the clip and, and my recipe for any. the candied bacon. You didn't bring me any. <laughs> anyway, if you want to have their bacon vodka in your Bloody Mary, you can go to the Oregon Grill. Call them at 410-771-0505. Tell them the wine coach sent you. But also on Friday, November 7th, I'm doing a fundraiser at the Engineers Club at Garrett Jacobs Mansion, right downtown Baltimore. And we're raising money to restore the mansion. Always needed. Yes, absolutely. Always needed. You can go to my event calendar at thewinecoach.com, get all the information, free valet parking. Awesome. All kinds of food and wine. Cool. We're going to be back next week to explore the recipe for a delicious life. Special thanks to our sponsors, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis and the Oregon Grill.